The following program contains material that may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Corn on the Macabre. I'm Katie Adkins. I'm Kelly Reed. And today we're going to talk about Catch Me If You Can. I don't mean the movie. However, that's a pretty good movie recommendation. It's in the title. So there you go. That's my movie recommendation. <laughs> yeah, is there Catch it Me is. If You Can. There you fucking go. Are you drinking a mimosa? Uh, It's tequila and orange juice. So kind of. I mean, it's a tequila sunrise, right? Yeah, just with no grenadine. It's more like a tequila sun. Yeah. Oh, jeez, this fucking this cat is ruining my life. He has Are figured the cats out going how to, wild. He's figured out how to turn off my power surge. What? Mm-hmm. And he knows it bothers me. Oh, that me. sounds like a nightmare. He stands on top of the button until it beeps and goes off. Huh. You have to wow. hold it down for four seconds for it to work, and he has figured it out because he's a little dickwad. I mean, you have to give him credit. He is smart. That is a smart cat. He's like, I would like attention, and I know how to get it. Yeah, well, that's why he, I don't know if you remember, when he was younger, he figured out chewing on cables gets my attention, so he always goes for my computer cables. Not mm-hmm. because he likes to chew on cables, but because he wants attention. You said that you actually had a couple people to talk about do we still want me to tell my story first because I feel like I don't have many other like side input stories outside of my main thing I like unintentionally ended up doing like a kind of list because I started I would go down this like hole of looking into things and it was always kind of a disappointing story for me because I like I want to I want a story like Ted Bundy that's actually like a catch me if you can where he like got arrested, got out, got arrested again, got out, like kept evading everything. Whereas these other guys are just like, there is no like really on the run stories. It's more so like they Um. got the fuck out of Dodge and then they laid low. There's this mob boss, James, I want to say, is it James? James Bulger. Um, There's a movie based off of him, Black Mass with Johnny Depp. I don't know if you saw it, but he was like this big mob boss and was known for being like really brutal and shit. And he turned out to be an FBI informant. So FBI was like kind of turning a blind eye to all his crimes and shit as long as he was turning in other mafia dudes, which worked for him because he just fucked people over. But he evaded capture for 16 years because him and his uh, girlfriend, they got plastic surgery to alter how they looked. And then just laid low, except she could not resist going to beauty salons and getting her teeth done. So that's what ultimately got them caught. Wow. Yeah. She was like, I just really need my teeth fixed. Well, she used to be a dental um, hygienist, super into teeth. And she had to get them checked, had to get them cleaned. And because she did it so much and went to the beauty salon so much, they got caught. I kind of get it, though. You know? Yeah. She's just like, you can't run my life. (laughs) Just because you made bad choices. I do get it. And then they ran it on channels for, like, women her age would see. So, like, women who would also be doing the same things. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, it worked. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was just thinking earlier today, I drank something cold and one of the nerves in my tooth hurt. And I was like, you know what? If I ever won the lottery or got an insanely large million-dollar paycheck kind of deal, like, the first ridiculous purchase I would do... Get all the nerves out of my teeth taken out. Root canals on every tooth. Oh, damn. Because then you'll never feel pain in your mouth again. 
There have to be downsides to this. <laughs> the downside is because you don't feel pain, you wouldn't know if your tooth was like rotting or hurting or cavity, right. which is why you also replace all of your teeth. This is a very strange way to spend your millionaire winnings. Not Look, gonna lie. It will, it will <laughs> but only, you do you. It'll only it'll cost less than a hundred thousand. Right. It'll cost like eighty thousand dollars. And if you just got a million dollars, yeah, I will do that to never feel mouth pain again. There's How much a, mouth pain do you have? I don't. I just, when I do have it, I hate it. <laughs> you don't understand how much I can't stand mouth I pain. Got, I got a better use for your $80,000 fucking drugs and medication <laughs> to not feel no, that shit. No, no. Because then you get led to addiction and all that other stupid shit. No, I want all my But you can afford replaced. rehab. I want all the and nerves it's way more taken fun. out. No, rehab is fun. <laughs> crazy. So um, what gave me the idea, though, is literally a woman at my who works at my dentist did that. And her teeth look amazing. Every single tooth in her mouth is replaced with porcelain. And she wow. looks amazing. And I'm like, I want that. I want your mouth. <laughs> that's crazy. And she told me how much it cost. And it, I was like, that's how I got the numbers rolling. I was like, you know what, girl? I was like... You'll never feel mouth pain again, and I'm jealous. Damn. I mean, I, I want to know what the first person thought of when they did that, you know? Well, that was, it had that to have started. never pop in my head. It had to have started with the first root canal because a root canal is taking the nerve out. Mm-hmm. So you, you'll never feel pain. Like, I got two root canals. I mean, you can feel gum pain, obviously, and you can still get gum disease. Um, so you still have to brush your teeth, obviously, and floss and stuff, but you'll never get another cavity again. You'll never have decay. Your teeth won't fall out unless you get, like, insanely bad gums and, like, that happens, which if you're taking care of your teeth, like, just brushing it would help that. I mean, I didn't think about it at all until I got two root canals in my front teeth, and I don't, I can bite into ice cream and feel nothing. Ugh. I feel the gum, obviously, and I feel the tooth move on the gum, but that sharp pain you get from, like, cold stuff, gone. Hmm. I want it on all my teeth. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) You learn something new every day. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I have actually been wanting to do this topic for a while because the kid who I did my story on, I've been wanting to talk about and do research on for forever. And I don't know why I never looked into him sooner because I remember when he was on the run when we were 17. Okay. Um, Because he was all over the news in 2010. So I guess I'll just go ahead and go into mine because I'm very excited about it. Do it. So I decided to do mine on Colton Harris Moore. What blows my mind is this kid is the same age as us. He was Mm -hmm. born in 1991. And what he did as a teenager is fucking insane. Like, I just, I remember when it was happening, I just, I didn't realize he was the same age as me as it was happening when I would see him on the news and stuff. And for whatever reason, I thought he was in Canada, but he wasn't. He was in Washington. But so he was born, um, so Colton Harris Moore is also known as the Barefoot Bandit. And he was born March 22nd, 1991 in Mount Vernon, Washington. His hometown basically was this island off the coast of Washington, obviously, called, oh my god, Kamano, Kamano, Kamano Island. Wow, Katie. 
He grew up fairly impoverished. I'm pretty sure his mom lived in a double wide. Um, his dad took off when he was little. Uh, he like literally when he was like about seven years old, his dad got into a fight with his mom at a barbecue and just left and never came back. Um, oh boy. Yeah, the neighbors called child social services on him, on his mom a lot because they felt like she neglected him or, like, didn't watch him and he'd just kind of run around and do whatever. Which he probably did. But he was never officially taken away from her at all. Not enough proof of abuse to really take him. But his behavioral issues seemed to have really started when he was seven, when his dad left in second grade. A lot of adults around him in his town would kind of describe him as off or disconnected and he would break things at home a lot on purpose uh kind of like a cry for attention he's a kid who just really craves attention this was also around the same time he started running away he would break he was like seven years old he would steal blankets and food and water from vacation homes nearby because they lived on an island and then he would disappear into the woods for days at a time. Sounds like he just wanted to get away. Right. So his first conviction for stolen property, though, was when he was 12. Wow. Yeah, so he had been doing this since he was 7, just kind of off and on, like, spunky kid with attitude, running away, and then he'd eventually come back home and do it again. And it, it seemed like he wanted people to chase him to find him, you know, because he'd He wanted come, attention. He'd always come back, Yeah. He's just a little kid who felt neglected, basically. Uh, his first conviction for stolen property was when he was 12. And literally, by the time he was 13, he had three more convictions. So he mm. just wouldn't stop. And every time he was convicted, he would be sentenced to stay 10 days in a detention center or community service. He was finally sentenced to a halfway home for three years at 15. So it's kind of like juvie, in a sense. All the kids there were there for some sort of behavioral issue for, like, breaking the law underage kind of a deal. So it was, like, his sentence was he was going to be there till he was 18 and they would set him free. But in April of 2008, at 17 years old, Colton escaped through his bedroom window. He stole a car and the police went after the speeding car only for him to jump out of the moving vehicle, run into the woods, letting the car crash into a building. Oh, damn. Yeah. And literally, the police force, the local police force, they knew his name. They knew who he was. They had caught him multiple times. And a heavily armed tactical team surrounded the areas where he was last seen, which was this uh, store. And I'll get into that in a second. But when Lieutenant Chris Ellis heard that Colton escaped, he was basically just like... Again, like, come on, like, <laughs> like dude, he's, get it together. He's just annoyed with this kid, and he openly said in an interview, he was like, "This would not be the first time this kid has been on the run, and we've had to chase him down." Right, and it's not the first time they've played cat and mouse together. And Lieutenant Ellis uh, said in that same interview that he knew exactly where Colton was going to go, and that was back to his hometown to break into homes and steal again. Back to familiar territory. And sure enough, he was right. The burglaries started again. And uh, even though the police predicted it, it still wasn't enough to catch him. Like, they knew where he was going to go and still weren't able to catch this kid. Was it because he was, like, really, like, sly? 
and he sleep about is, it? Or was it because of like negligence? It's because he was really sly. He grew up in the area. He knew everything about the area. These homes oh. he had been breaking into for years. He knew the ins and outs. And also, the most important part was he knew the woods. He could navigate the woods better than anyone because he constantly ran away to live in them. Well, I mean, you got to have a hobby, right? Neglected kid, what else are you going to do? Obviously live in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the first place he hit that they really investigated uh, was uh, Elder Bay Store, where literally this kid was so smart. He knows how to disable alarms before they even go off. So he disabled the alarm that would have notified the cops, so they had no idea the place was robbed until the next morning. And he stole food and money. And he took so much food to the point to where the store owner said that he was almost impressed because he just couldn't wrap his mind around how he was able to haul all that stuff away alone. He said he took like like a whole row of chips, a whole case of uh, like vitamin water, like, yeah. he just took so much shit from the store that he was like, how did he do that by himself? Commitment. He's a boy with a dream. Right? <laughs> oh, you don't he even know. He past somebody. You don't even know the half of it. Like, this kid, I, I, I looked it up to see if there was a movie about this kid because there fucking should be. It's in the works. There are documentaries about him. Um, and are I there? watched... Yeah, there are documentaries about him, and I watched part of a documentary to get some, like, the interviews I talk about, I got from documentaries with the people, and I was just trying to, like, get all the info I could to piece together, because the police force, you'll see, they really didn't want people to idolize this kid at all, so, like, even his Wikipedia page has minimum information. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So, uh, in order to get information about this kid, you have to kind of deep dive. But everyone knows who he is, and you'll see why when I get to it. So, the burglary reports were just fucking constant. He was in uh, his home county, Island County, which is the laziest county name I've ever heard (laughs) for an island. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, the news reported nine burglaries within two weeks. Damn. He was robbing somewhere... Like, at least once a night, if not every other. It was kind of crazy. But he was always so quick to disappear into the woods of Camano Island. Camino Island? I, I'm probably never going to say it right. Um, after those two weeks, the island residences started noticing weird charges on their credit cards to online stores. So, outdoor gear, bear mace, uh, computer hacking software, GPS Bear systems. mace? Bear I'm mace. sorry. Back up. It's, it's Washington. <laughs> you just said something a little interesting that I have to dive into now. There are bears in these woods. It's they they make mace for bears. Yeah, bear mace. Holy shit! For campers. Why don't we just okay? That's what's the difference between bear mace and people mace? And why the fuck wouldn't I just use bear mace for people? Like this is maybe it'll kill people. I don't know. I imagine bear mace would be lethal. To humans. Good. Like, (laughs) that's, okay, that's a new investment that I'm going to be looking into. (laughs) (laughs) Bear me. Because that is, there is no room for error. There's no room for error with bear bees. Yeah. If you come at me, I'm going to treat you like you're a bear. And that, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm sure no one would blame you. Here's my favorite part. He would buy GPS systems and porn. 
Hang on. <laughs> I was mid-drink when you said this thing. Can you repeat that? Outdoor gear, bear mace, computer hacking software, GPS systems, and porn. Okay, see, I thought you said GPS systems in porn. No! <laughs> so no! many questions. And like, porn. I feel like you're focusing on the wrong things, sir. But that makes well, more sense. He is 17. So Okay. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. He he sounds like he has his priorities straight now. I, was, I, mean, yeah. I thought Air he was a smart kid. Porn. And then I was like, okay, that's not what you use that for. But uh, I mean that's a smart kid. <laughs> and on someone else's that. dime. <laughs> so uh he would have the items literally delivered to the houses he was stealing from and then pick them up before anyone notices a package was even delivered. Oh well shit. Yeah, He would have loved the days of Amazon. Oh, I know. Fucking so hell. he just missed Amazon. You know what I mean? Like, it was right Yeah, before. which was really just a shame. Like, he would have had so much cool shit, <laughs> especially now. Can you imagine if he was, like, on the He could the get groceries delivered. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he probably would have, honestly. Okay, Everyone kind of yeah. knew who he was and knew each other. And whenever their house was robbed, they'd be like, oh, it's fucking Colton. Like, um, <laughs> a lot of people on the island didn't actually view him as a threat. They saw him more as, like, a nuisance. See, I feel like if I knew this kid, I'd be like, eh, you know, he takes my shit, but also he kind of needs it, and he does it so sleuthy that it's impressive. So yeah, he earned it as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> right. Um, if he didn't get caught and he's that young... He can have it. Right. Like, just everyone in town at first was like, he's just a kid who's just, you know, fucked up. And they knew his mom, too. And they'd be like, where is he? And she's like, I don't know, in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) So that whole I'm going to call your mom thing doesn't really work. Mm -mm. Um, Especially when she was already kind of neglecting him, so... She was probably impressed. She's like, I raised one hell of a son <laughs> that he can just break into people's houses and steal packages before anyone even notices. Yeah. So he was constantly moving his camp around the woods of the island. And so when the police would finally track down one campsite, he would already be gone. And so he, this is my favorite. He made friends and teamed up with this guy who was a couple years older than him named, and this is the most amazing white trash name I've ever heard. Harley Davidson Ironwing. This hurts a little bit more because I have a cousin's name. Because your cousin's name is Harley. (laughs) (laughs) And he literally admitted that he named her after his motorcycle. This isn't Florida, right? This This is is Washington. Washington. (laughs) Harley Davidson Ironwing. His middle name is Davidson. His last name, Ironwing, which is the most badass last name. Okay, is Ironwing like a type, like a model of bike I by Harley know. Davidson? I don't know. I I'm kind of wonder. Oh my god! Now this. I have to look it up because I didn't. I'm even doing think of it that. right now because if that's what's going on, that is just a whole other level. Nope, it's just his name. I looked it up. Damn it! That would be amazing Damn though. It. He is. Boy, got a little mini fro. He's got a mini fro, and he also has like the littlest mouth. The littlest mouth. He has the yeah. littlest mouth in He has a little face. Adorable. And when he talks, it's just so little. He doesn't open it very much. Oh, I watched a couple of cute. interviews with him. What's also great about Colton is he just looks like that asshole kid in your middle school class. What was his name again? Colton Harris? Uh, Colton Harris 
More. More. Yeah, it's like Harris hyphen more. Oh, no. Yeah, I've definitely known people who look like this. Yeah, he just looks like that kid in your class who, like, talks too much and gets in trouble a lot. Like, that's literally what he looks like. Yeah, and all the girls think he's a bad boy, but he's not really. Except in this case, I guess he actually is. In this case, yeah, he he is. I'm going to say this now. He never hurts anyone. That's great. See, I'm. that's kind of what I figured based on the things you were telling me. Yeah. And so I can't be fully against this kid. He just sounds kind of crafty. Legit. He's just yeah. fucking crafty. This kid is next level, which is why I was so excited to talk about him and look into him because his story is just like, what the fuck? Like it does remind me of Catch Me If You Can. And let me see, what year did that movie come out? Because I think that movie came out before this kid did all this. Yeah, it did. Holy shit. This kid had to have been, he had to have seen it and been inspired. I I just don't see how he couldn't have. And we'll also get to that because you'll see the connections later. Yeah, he gets porn, blah, blah, blah. Yes, Harley Davidson (laughs) Ironwing, which, oh my God, that name. So they teamed up together and were like good buddies. And um, they would steal from vacation homes together. And Harley said in an interview that, you know, Harley just kind of wanted cash. He didn't really care to steal anything else. Cash is easy to carry, easy to steal, easy to use. Doesn't yeah. leave much of a trail. Whereas Colton would look for credit cards and laptops. And they said vacation homes are the most ideal places to hit because almost no one is ever there. And people are always leaving their valuables behind. Like, there's always a laptop. There's always some sort of something someone left behind. My dad can Confirm. vouch for that. Yep. When I saw that, I was like, oh, thought of your dad immediately and was like, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> Which, by the way, he's getting the police involved now. So that's a whole thing we'll talk about later. But yeah, so they would even um, steal luxury vehicles. They would take them for joy rides. Like, they wouldn't steal them permanently. They would, like, borrow them. And so they, like, one time stole this uh, 2007 Mercedes-Benz. And what they would do is they would drive it around, take it places, use it, whatever. But then they would always park it back exactly where they found it in the garage. And then they would wash the car and fill up the tank. These are nice people. So Harley said he was like, yeah, we technically stole your car for a joyride. But, like, we left it in better condition than we found it. Yeah. (laughs) We just put some miles on it. So it was you a, can't be too mad about it as long as they're not, like, crashing it and shit. Like, it sounds like they're just kids trying to have yep. a good time, and one kid didn't have the means to get by, so he found them. Yeah, so, well, Harley said that he really believes that Colton was addicted to adrenaline. He did it for the thrill. It got to a point where he did it just to do it, not because he really needed to anymore. But at this point in time, with the Mercedes-Benz and them hanging out together, uh, he had been on the run for three months. Police still couldn't catch him, and he's still in the same fucking town. <laughs> and wow. at this point is when local news stations started nicknaming him Teen Houdini, <laughs> because he's just able to escape. And the Teeny Houdini. The Teeny Houdini. And, um, I mean, that, that nickname doesn't stick. Hey, Brendan. <laughs> Katie says, hey, Brendan. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, that nickname doesn't really stick, but it's just kind of how they're describing him. 
because news stations are eating this up. The fact that a child is having the cops run around in circles. So uh, at this point, after three months, and they've started connecting all these burglaries to potentially the same kid, is when he broke into a cop car, stole a rifle, ammo, and a laptop, then broke into a fire station and stole an infrared camera, which they suspected he used the infrared camera to look into houses to see if anyone was home first. Okay, he's starting to take it to another level. You had me, he had me until he got the rifle. You don't steal a policeman's rifle. Like of all the, if you're so good at stealing things and it's already so easy to get a gun, like why take it from, well, I guess it, he. You can't buy a gun yeah, without ID or can, paper trail. I guess, but I mean, you can though. Well, stealing a I rifle mean, from a car. Means. Well, here's the thing. Stealing a rifle from a cop car is a lot easier than stealing a rifle from a gun store or like walmart or something i guess so because but why did it have to be a cop car couldn't you steal it from well I mean, if you're in hicktown usa it should when, be pretty easy that's when harley starts to say that and other local people start to say that he seems to specifically have it out for the police the local police of the area and that mm-hmm. it's like he's playing with them It's like a huge catch-me-if-you-can kind of thing. Like, he's teasing them by going after their stuff. It's almost as if he's going out of his way to make the police look stupid. Right. So, at that point, the search became island-wide, but with no fucking luck. So, they did a lot of interviews with his mom over this, right? And there's actually, uh, like, a... uh, I think there's a book... And, like, a documentary based off of the book called Fly, Colt, Fly, where they interview his mom. Apparently, he would occasionally stop by his mom's place to have breakfast. And his mom didn't want him caught. Like, she would protect him. Well, and at so, least she can do one mother thing, right? Yeah. So, what she would do is she would make breakfast. He'd come by. They'd have breakfast. And then he would leave. Then right after he left, the cops would stop by and ask if she'd seen Colton. And she'd go, yeah, he just stopped by for breakfast and then left. And they would get so angry and they'd be like, what the fuck, lady? And they would threaten her and be like, you know, that's, you know, technically harboring a fugitive. And she'd Mm -hmm. go, well, he's my kid, harboring or not. If he's hungry, I'm going to feed him. They knew pressing charges against her would do nothing. So they would just leave angry. You know, Mm -hmm. just knowing they were never going to get information out of her about her kid. Because it's also, like, understandable. It's her kid. There's a few uh, residences in the area, like, neighbors and whatnot, who are just like, yeah, he's just some... He's just some kid who's just, like, out of fucking control. Well, it's, like, one of those things where people... I think they just have sympathy for him. I mean, I know I do. Mm-hmm. And especially if you know him and he's not hurting anyone. It'd be one thing if he was, like, attacking people, people yeah. or threatening to hurt people. Like, you know, like people. That's, that's one thing. But, like, when he's just running around doing stupid shit, I oh, think yeah. people are more accepting. Some houses he broke into, he did nothing but eat the ice cream out of the freezer. He would just... He didn't always steal, like, obviously stealing from the credit cards and stealing money in the laptops is, like, you know, a huge felony. That one's, that one's But bad. there are some houses he'd break into and he'd just, like, make a sandwich and, like, eat some ice cream and, like, And leave. they'd just be like, that darn Colton. Yeah, like, he'd just eat some food and go. 
So at that point in time is when he started moving away from his island to other islands within the area. So he moved on to Orca's Island, which is another island he hit a lot. And he stole from a few homes. <laughs> they had an interview with this lady and like they showed this safe and it was beat to death. But she had a safe in her basement that had, I don't know if it had $3,000 cash or $3,000 worth valuables. But... Mm-hmm. He beat the safe to fucking death to open it. And he Damn. did. And he got it open. And she kept the remains of the safe. And it is just beat open. Apparently, like they said, after looking at it, he clearly had some sort of crowbar and, like, all kinds of shit to just beat this thing open. And then there was a uh, restaurant close by that he stole a credit card from a restaurant and he used it to buy instructional material on how to fly a plane. Wow. And he would have those manuals and books shipped to the restaurant. And then the restaurant would pick up the package and take it inside and being like, why did we get a package? And then he would break into the restaurant to steal the package. Mm-hmm. Which is just next level. How many times did he how how many times did he do this? Um, a couple times. Wow, you'd think they'd catch on. They'd be like, oh, hey, yeah. wait a minute. So uh he retreated with his new manuals and books back into the woods and started working on the first step of his master plan. Cause now his master plan is finally forming. And his main master plan is to steal an airplane and just travel the world. And Aww. it turns out his mom said that since he was a little kid, he was always obsessed with airplanes and had been studying airplanes his whole life and his dream was to fly. And it gets to the point where, you know, a plane would fly by and he would go, I know what year that plane is, what model it is, who built it, and the size of the engine. And the mom was like, that's weird, kid, but okay. He picked Orca's Island for this steel airplane plot because they have, like, a little local airport. Even the kids who are in that, you know, what's it called? Like, a wayward home. I'm just, Juvie, whatever. Even the kids in Juvie with him knew about his plane obsession. He, like, made friends with this one kid when he was at that secondary home. And they said that they would catch him, like sketching airplanes reading about airplanes like he just fucking loved planes which is what gives me the huge catch me if you can movie vibes because it's about a dude who you know pretends to be a pilot yeah it's kind of crazy that they made that movie before and not after yeah which i always thought that movie was based off of a true guy i don't know if it is or not i i'm pretty sure it is i'm like 90 percent sure it is it is it's a biographical crime film It's a film based on the life of Frank, whatever, I can't say his last name, who before he was 19 successfully performed cons worth millions of dollars by posing as a pan-American World Airways pilot, a Georgia doctor, and a Louisiana parish prosecutor. Why did we not look into this guy for this episode? Yeah, what the hell? I kind of thought that the person you were talking about was him, so I didn't really look into it too much, but now I have regrets. Yeah, this is a different dude entirely, actually. I mean, this is the difference, though, is that the kid I'm talking about is not a con artist. He doesn't trick people into thinking he's something he's not. He just, you know, he's a burg- He's just a really skilled burglar. 
Like it's it's different from conning someone. It's it's different to go in the shadows and steal and do all this stuff and not get caught. It's another to look someone in the face and make them believe you're something you're not. Yeah, I would say there's something more criminal about that, you know? Yeah, I, I completely agree. Blah, blah, blah. So what he started doing when he got all of his manuals and studying all this stuff and he watched a crap ton of YouTube videos is also where he started learning how to fly planes was YouTube videos is what he would do is he would go he would go to the uh, airport. He'd break into the airport into the hangars. He would get into the plane and like learn the control panel and like read the manual and like figure out the controls of the plane and then he'd leave. And he would do this routinely to try to like get familiarize himself with the plane and whatnot and all of its controls and stuff. And after doing this enough, he finally stole his very first plane. Of course, he fucking crash landed it um, not too far away from where he stole it. Oh, no. Yeah. Man, that had to be so disappointing for him. Yeah. And um, he crash landed it. I don't know how far away from his hometown, but like not, it honestly wasn't too far. And the police actually didn't suspect him of stealing the plane. They thought it was drug runners. So uh, when the crash happened, uh, the kid ran into the woods and was kind of off the hook for a while because they were trying to find like drug runners who stole a plane. They didn't think it was some teenager. And uh, so he returned back to his hometown. This is just kind of like a side thing. He loved animals and he and his mom had a dog and he would let the dog like roam free a lot and the dog would hang out with him and like live with him in the woods and stuff and whatnot. At one point they almost caught him when he was with the dog in the woods. Uh, They don't know where he was. They think he had to have been close by hiding and they just couldn't spot him. But they found one of his campsites, but he wasn't there, and uh, the dog was, so they took the dog. They took the dog? Mm-hmm. They took Did they her. make him home? Nope. They took her to a shelter. Man, fuck these people. Oh, I know. They took her to a shelter knowing, like, thinking, they were thinking it might draw him out because they knew how much he loved the dog. That's just mean. I feel like that's just asking for trouble. You well, don't, the mom... You- don't take someone's pet. The mom tried to collect the dog. She, like, called the shelter, and she was like, I'm going to come by and pick her up. And they would be like, you can't. She's evidence. And she's like, how the fuck is a dog evidence? Like, it's a Seriously, dog. That's bullshit. Like, that's fucking fucked up. And that Col- should be against the dog. Well, Colton fucking loved that dog, so naturally he waited until nighttime, broke into the, the pound, and stole her back. Good for him. Yep. And so he took the dog back to his mom, which, they I mean, the police can't do much about that. Like, like it's her dog, you know? And so after that, he connected back up with his buddy, Harley. Harley wasn't as crazy about breaking into houses anymore, but he was friends with Colton, and Colton was trying to convince him to break into this one home, and he was like, I don't wanna, and he was like, no, come on, and, like, literally it took a lot of convincing, and he was like, fine, and he, you know, got into the house, and this time, though, the cops were ready, and they, once they were both in the house, the cops came in and aimed their guns at both of them, so they're in the kitchen, and Colton just looks at the cop, looks at the gun pointed at him, and he's holding a glass of orange juice. And he just drops the glass and then runs for it. Oh, shit. And he dropped the glass knowing that 
the police would be distracted by the glass dropping and have a second of hesitation before chasing after him, which was just enough time for both of them to get away. And they No fucking away. way. He drops a glass of orange juice and both of them get away? Yep. Uh, I guess the kid was smart. Yeah. Or the cops were dumb. One of his friends in the halfway home said that he had, he was like really into psychology and criminology and studied psychology and criminology like a lot. They think that he must have tried to study people and their behavior and activity to try to predict how they're going to act so that he can react faster. The kid's really fucking smart. Anyways, so yeah, they both fucking got away. So Colton then stole another plane. But he stole it now to Island Hop in the area to steal from various stores and break into ATMs. Which, I don't know if you know this, but breaking into an ATM is a fucking difficult-ass task. Which they suspect he used a forklift to break into an ATM. What? That's crazy. I mean, Breaking Bad has taught me anything except that shit is not easy. Oh, I remember that episode of Breaking Bad. That's a very traumatizing episode of Breaking Bad. So on top of stealing another plane, he also starts stealing boats to help Island Hop to steal from various stores and whatnot. And he started, this is when he started gaining notoriety online and through the news. This is when people really started knowing who he was. And he got the nickname the Barefoot Bandit because the cameras that did catch him, the videos, it looks like he's barefoot. Like he runs around barefoot a lot. And there's this one seafood restaurant in the Orcas Island where he left behind 39 chalk footprints and he wrote the word in chalk, see ya, at the end (laughs) of his footprints. He's just fucking with people at that point. Oh yeah, I know. He loves fucking with people. So at this point, he starts to kind of become like a folk hero online. People are writing songs about him, making YouTube videos about him. Talking about him, people started making t-shirts and selling shirts about him. Like I wear that shirt, not gonna lie. Yeah. There's this one famous one. It's a picture of his face and it says Mama Tried. And it like <laughs> has his name or like the area or whatever. And he just gets this notorious nickname, the Barefoot Bandit. Um, people are starting to see him as like Robin Hood. Oh, I mean, not Robin Hood. He doesn't like steal for the you know, poor, but they're like, oh, he only takes what he needs. Like, he's not hurting anyone. Like, blah, 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 you know. And the police are freaking out because they do not want this kid to be viewed as some sort of hero. They don't want people out there trying to help him. Like, they just want to catch him because he's been just stealing and doing all this crazy shit. Like, they don't want people to... He's been making them look like fools, let's be honest. On top of that, yeah. And they don't want people to look at him and be like, oh... He can do that. I can do that, you know, to, like, other teenagers and whatnot because he's so young. He's just a kid. So then, after two and a half years, the police tracked him down yet again, and they caught him at this really ritzy uh, vacation home, and they were fully fucking loaded. It was, like, basically a SWAT team, like, with rifles, and there was a helicopter, it was on the Orcas Island. Come on, and, guys. That's unnecessary. And he evaded them and ran into the woods. What? Oh, my God. Um, he actually ran through uh, a chicken coop. 
he went through a chicken farm on these people's property to evade them and ran into the woods and the chopper was fucking chasing him down without trying to light up where he is. Luck would have it, he climbed into a tree and hid and it worked. Where he was, the light, like no one could see him where the light was shining from the chopper and he got away again. So because he was barefoot when he was running, because he's the barefoot bandit, (laughs) the chicken farm, it's a bunch of, you know, mud and dirt. So the woman who owned the chicken farm obviously knew the fucking police and everything were searching her fucking property for him doing all this stuff and she saw his barefoot prints in her mud and she decided to cast them into cement and sell them on ebay (laughs) i mean god bless her and she just thought it was funny like her and her friends were like oh yeah we're gonna cast his footprint and sell it on ebay and we're gonna that's what we would do Oh, I know. And, like, it was just, like, kind of like a joke to her. It wasn't anything serious. And she got fucking death threats from people being, like, you're enabling a criminal and you're encouraging him to commit more crimes and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what the fuck, you guys? Like, I'm just, like, kidding. And she got people, though, who were interested in buying the the feet casts. Like, it's kind of insane. After this incident, for months, there's no sign of him. There's no sign of any sort of burglary. No one knows where he is. There's rumors saying he died in the woods. He drowned in the ocean. There's rumors saying that he left the state and no one knows where he is anymore. He's just laying low. But then, after a few months, he stole a boat on Lopez Island and then another boat on Camino Island. And at this point, the community of Camino Island was fed up with him and they were saying like kill him on sight if we catch fuck? him that's a yeah. dramatic reaction it is like they went from oh he's just a kid to i want him dead and this is when bounty hunters started going after him because they put a ten thousand dollar hit on him and so no one's able to figure out where he is and then i don't remember where he was but way more south than where he normally resides a note was left at an animal hospital with $100 cash in it, and the note said, Had some extra cash. Please use this for the animals. Colton Harris Moore, a.k.a. the Barefoot Bandit, Camino Island, Washington. He signed his full name. Why his, would you do that? His new nickname and where he's from because he wanted people to know it was him. He wanted people to know it was him, and he wanted people to chase him. The cops were able to pick up, oh, shit, he's starting to move across the country now. And that's when about a dozen cars get stolen across the country. What he does is he starts stealing cars. He'd steal a car, drive it until it was out of gas, ditch it, and then find another car to steal, drive it until it was out of gas. And he did this with about a dozen cars, and he drove 2,000 miles through nine states until he finally finds a plane suitable for him in Indiana because what he was really in search for was the perfect plane for his ultimate escape. Hey, you want to know a good place where you can get some super cute dungeons and... Oh my god, can you stop texting me while I'm recording ads? That's just not professional. Wow, 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 wow. Rude on them, right? Not me for not silencing my phone. Anyways, My Nerd Life. MyNerdLife.com sells a bunch of super cute, customizable Dungeons & Dragons and World of Warcraft garb so you can dress yourself up while you're doing your nerdy stuff while still in quarantine because, yep, that's right, America is still in quarantine because we're just that bratty kid who doesn't like to be told what to do. Yep, that's us, but as a nation. Pretty upsetting, but I digress. 
And the best part about my nerd life is you can just use the code TIGERWIZARD, spelled exactly how it sounds, for 20% off your entire order. That's right, the entire order. Not just one item, but your whole order. 20% off. Tiger Wizard. Also, really great, uh, Rock Punch ATL makes so much really fun and cool nerdy content, including D4, which yours truly is in every Sunday at 7 on the Rock Punch ATL Twitch channel. And you should also check out all their other fun streams and videos. And, uh, yep, quick and easy for you this time. Keep it creepy. Oh, and also... I forgot to mention this. I didn't write it down. He had already crash landed a second plane at this point. Uh, I completely forgot to write that down. In Washington, he had stolen another plane, I believe, from the Orcas Island Airport. And he crash landed it in a spot that he thought was a, a clear clearing. But really, it was just an area where a bunch of trees had been chopped down. So it was covered in stumps. So he knew how to fly it. He just didn't know how to land it. But he could land it good enough to where he wouldn't be injured. But he it was always a crash landing. Mm. And so he finds a plane in Indiana. And this time, he flies it to the Bahamas. When he gets to the Bahamas, he makes yet another crash landing. And there's a man in his boat who witnesses the crash. And he said that it was actually like, for a kid who didn't know what he was doing or didn't 100% know what he was doing... It was a really impressive landing because the plane wasn't too damaged. Like, you could fix it and fly it again if you really needed to. That one was like a skid on the ground landing. At this point, it just kind of seems like he wanted to be caught. He stole another boat and he met a dude who pretended he didn't know who he was. Like, people in the Bahamas, like, knew who he was. And he was walking around saying, Hey, I'm Colton Harris Moore. I'm Colton Harris Moore. I'm the Barefoot Bandit. I'm the Barefoot Bandit. Like, he was telling people that, exactly who he was. And Sounds like he was bored. mm Mm-hmm. And the people in the Bahamas, there was, like, some teenage dudes who were like, What the fuck? And they were, like, pretending they didn't know who the Barefoot Bandit was. And they were like, okay, dude, when really they're just trying to keep him close enough to them so that they could collect the reward money. And he kept saying stuff like, you should just call the police. Like, I'm the Barefoot Bandit. Like, you should call someone. And these guys were like, what the fuck is this kid trying to do? Like, he's on some next level shit. Like, what is his problem? He just wants to get away. So one of the dudes is like, okay. And so he did call the authority, and then when Colton was like, wait, what's your friend doing? What's he doing? And then once he realized they were calling the police, he jumped on a boat and sped away. He wanted to be chased again, and the locals went after him. And he parked that boat, jumped on the docks, ran off the docks into a security guy. A security guy was like, what the fuck? He started chasing him down, and the kid, like, jumped into this bush And he called the cops and he was like, this kid is hiding in this bush. But then noticed he like made another escape out around the side. And the kid made it all the way back to steal another boat. Wow. And this time the authorities were right behind him on their own boats chasing after him. So what you're telling me is he's maxed his stealth. Pretty much. Yeah, he maxed his stealth. Well, he went from areas he knows really well. To areas he doesn't know at all. 
Mm-hmm. Like, when it was his home island, he knew the ins and outs of everything. He knew mm-hmm. how to evade. He knew what trees to go to. He knew where to hide. But at this place, like, he doesn't know where he is. He's just kind of figuring it out. So at this point, they catch up to him on the boat. They kind of surround him with their boats. And it's kind of getting to the point to where, like, it doesn't look like there's really an escape for him. And authorities are calling out to him. And they're like, look, like, we have you. Just, like, give up. He puts a gun to his head. And he's shouting back at the authorities. He's like, I can't go back. Like, I can't do it. Like, I can't go back. And they are trying to talk him down. They're like, no, like, don't don't kill yourself. Like, it's fine. And then they kind of notice that he's, like, you know, turning halfway and, like, putting his hand on the throttle. Fuck, like, he might be trying to distract us before ultimately, like, getting away. Like, we don't really know what he's doing. A couple of them are like, look, it's now or never. We got to take out the engine of his boat. And so they open fire, hoping they just don't hit him. That doesn't seem like the right approach. Well, it works. They open fire, he dodges, they don't hit him, and they take out the engine. And he can't go anywhere. So on July 11th, 2010, Colton was captured just before dawn at Harbor Island, Bahamas. So for whatever reason, I don't know why, he threw his laptop into the water and then put a gun to his head. I don't know why he threw his laptop into the water, I guess it had some plans in it he didn't want people to know. I don't really know. But he then, after he was arrested, he told the Bahamas authorities that he intended to go to Cuba to throw the authorities off his trail. And from there, he was going to go to the Turks and Caicos Islands. And his mother had actually hoped that he would flee to a country that didn't have an extradition treaty with the U.S. And in Fly Colt Fly, uh, the author of... He asked her if you could buy, if you could get your son anything for Christmas, anything at all, what would it be? And she said it would be a bulletproof vest because she was so scared of him being killed, being shot and killed. So on uh, March 2011, an FBI special agent confirmed the reward fund payout, the $10,000 bounty, was paid out to the people directly involved in the capture. They did get the bounty. He pleaded, more pleaded guilty on July 13th of 2010, literally two days after his capture. He pleaded guilty to illegal entry to the Bahamas and illegally landing a plane. He was sentenced to three months in jail in the Bahamas or a $300 fine. And his mom wired the money to the U.S. Embassy in Nassau, which in turn paid the fine. So he was deported that very same day via overnight commercial flight accompanied by the uh, Bahamian authorities and the U.S. agents of the FBI to Miami, Florida. On July 14th, the next day, uh, Moore appeared before the U.S. magistrate to determine his legal representation, which had been hired on his behalf by his mom. That September of that year, Harley Davidson Ironwing was caught and pleaded guilty to assault and was sentenced to assault. Uh, and was sentenced to 18 months in prison. So it looks like uh, Harley got himself involved in something a little more violent. Yeah, I'm not going to rob houses, but I'm going to beat someone up or something. But he also, like... pled, but he also pled guilty to um, being associate of Morris burglaries. The following year, in 2011, June of 2011, federal prosecutors recommended that Moore be sentenced to six years in prison. Moore pleaded guilty to all seven counts on the federal indictment, 
The Washington State Court, however, recommended that he be sentenced to 10 years in prison. So the reason why all of those burglaries and stuff, they were totally him, but they can't prove that they were him. And he didn't plead guilty to those. He pled guilty to stealing the airplanes and crash landing them. So that's kind of... Because at first I was confused as why they were saying only six years. I was like, that's a crap ton of burglaries. But then I realized they, they can't fully prove that it was him that who did all of that, even though it totally was him. And they yeah. only caught him at the scene of the crime at two of those burglaries. All of the surveillance footage that they caught him at, it's like probably him, but also, you know, that fuzzy black and white They bullshit. couldn't prove it. Yeah. yeah. They couldn't um, prove without a shadow of a, of a doubt that it was him. Right. It's funny, the federal prosecutors were like, yeah, seven, six years. And then Washington State Court was like, no, 10 years. So on that December of 2011, Moore was sentenced to Island County Court, his local county, to more than seven years in prison. Superior Court Judge Vicki Churchill stated this case is a tragedy in many ways, but it's a triumph of the human spirit in other ways. Describing Morris' childhood as a mind-numbing absence of hope, and she stated that, because he's 20 at this time, she claimed that she believed he was genuinely remorseful for his crimes, and Moore has said that he plans to spend his time in prison studying in preparation for applying to college in order to earn a degree in aeronautical engineering. Uh, but then in January 2012, the judge of the federal dis- district court in Seattle sentenced Moore to six and a half years in prison for his infamous international crime spree. So they did finally convict him of that, of stealing the cars, breaking into the houses and whatnot. And uh, during sentencing, Moore addressed the court and U.S. judge uh, saying that it is no stretch of the imagination to say that I am lucky to be alive. Mm -hmm. And his federal sentence will be served jointly with the state prison time, which tells me that instead of I think that means instead of adding on more time it's like side by side time right. I don't think that like means they group yeah. it together I think that's what it sounds so. like to me that's what it sounds like to me but I'm gonna I'm gonna look right now because I should have looked to see when he's for free <laughs> okay I I didn't mean to but I just found this article where Colton Harris Moore says travel restrictions are holding back a lucrative public speaking career <laughs> 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 yeah, he's 28 now. That's so crazy. He spent six and a half years in prison. So he was what a life for six and a half years. He's out of prison, but he has uh, travel restrictions. Wow. So he's 28 now. He says he's turned his life around. <laughs> I wonder if he ever like got a piloting license or something. I don't. I don't know if he's legally allowed to. He said there's just one thing holding him back: his remaining five months of supervised release. Well, this was April of last year. He wrote to the U.S. District Court judge asking to shorten his sentence. <laughs> like, come on, I didn't hurt anybody. He's like, I don't do drugs, I don't drink, I don't associate with criminals. I mean, come on, dude. He said that he hasn't committed a single crime since 2010. Well, I mean, you've been in jail since then, right? Like, Well, six and a half <laughs> years. But yeah, for six and a half of those years, he has been in prison. But he's eager to launch a public speaking career which he figures he could earn at least $10,000 per appearance at the low end. Well, that's a little much. That's aiming high. But 
I mean, I'd go see him. Oh, my God. That's so fucking funny. He said, had I been able to effectively explore this opportunity, which requires absolutely fluid domestic and international travel, and assuming I was able to do this for the past 2.5 years, I would have earned around 600000 net. I mean, boy's got dreams. He Ap- aims high. Apparently, he has friends in England, France, China, and Korea. I believe it. I mean, when you're that famous, it's mm-hmm. just crazy. I'm sure your network gets pretty big. And especially when people know where to contact you if you're in jail. (laughs) You can make a lot of friends. Yeah. But yeah, this kid is fucking nuts. So that's my story. Wow, Colton Harris Moore. Isn't it? I've been wanting to talk about him for forever. (laughs) Well, I heard in 2010, which is wrong, I heard that he learned how to fly from library books and library computers. But oh, okay. that's not true. He learned from using other people's credit cards to have manuals <laughs> mailed to the restaurant. I mean, it it makes sense. And it's also kind of impressive that he like figured out how to fly it with some book learning, you know? Oh, yeah. I still don't feel like he's as famous as he should be. Yeah, I'd never heard of him. Before. I know. I remember hearing about him being on the run. I remember hearing people talk about him occasionally about how, like, I heard uh, in 2010, I remember hearing about people rooting for some kid to evade the police and that he just steals food to survive. I didn't know, obviously, I didn't know anything about stealing laptops, cash, credit cards. And, but yeah, it's nuts. And this dude is our age. He's, yeah. like, it could have been us if we were super smart and a criminal. I mean, it makes me feel like I've accomplished nothing. can you fly an airplane i can't fly an airplane i can't fly an airplane and i can't successfully steal from anyone well he still can't (laughs) land it so well yeah but i mean like that's still a good ways away from where i start where i am currently (laughs) i was gonna say where i started but i'm like i know nothing (laughs) yeah all right i want to hear about your people well well, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm honestly fine with ending it on that because most of mine are actually pretty depressing. Oh, no. Yeah, it's more so just manhunts and it's just like people who they didn't like just steal things and get away with it. It's like murderers and bombers yeah. and shit. And it's just like, good, I'm glad you didn't get away. But then there's some people who did. Like I, the one I was going to do tonight, um, I told you, uh, Hazel Leota read a little bit more about it and I was gonna do it and then I just started to hate her so much I was like I don't want to give her what did she do I've never heard of her so she was just this um kind of barfly trashy woman who met this man at um a casino um his name was Charles he had a couple kids and he was like recently widowed he had gotten this huge uh insurance money from Mm -hmm. his wife passing and he was like using it for drinking and gambling and all this stuff and was like kind of on a self-sabotage course and he was starting to get better when he met this woman Hazel at the casino and he was like pretty naive you know he kept his money on him and stuff and wasn't shy about letting people know he had it I guess and She found out he had all this money. They ended up living together within like three days of meeting each other. At first, his friends or his family was like, good, I'm glad you're not doing the 
terrible things to your life that you were before. And at least you have a distraction and she's keeping you happy. But, you know, things start falling apart because he and his family both realized pretty quickly that she was scum. His family shows up one day um, to see him after he had been talking about kicking her out and getting her, getting rid of her and stuff. And they find that he's been shot in the head. He was shot in the head? Yeah, he was shot in the head. And she had taken his money and ran off with it. And she's still at large. What? Yeah. When was so, this? Um, this was not super long ago. I want to say 1999. Hang on, let me. She's been on the run yeah. for 20 years. From a 1998 murder. She goes missing in 1999. Uh-huh. And then she burns down a trailer in Nebraska like a couple years later. And nobody's been able to find her. That's um, nuts. Yeah, so, like, she's still unknown to this day, and the thing is, like, it would probably be interesting if I could, like, find the manhunt stories, but since nobody's found her, nobody knows where she's been, she's not, like, public about it at all, Mm -hmm. so it's, like, I don't know how she's been evading the FBI for so long, but she just hasn't gotten caught. Oh, my God. Wow. And then that reminds I already told me. you about the mob. So the mob oh, guy. Oh, yeah, the mob guy. So you saw the second season of You, right? Yeah. The show? Okay. Because that reminds me of the dude who, like, helps people disappear. Mm, yeah. So, we're, yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to talk about some spoilers for the TV show You on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, Stop I guess. listening. Skip <laughs> forward, like, a few yeah. minutes. I don't know. I'm sorry. I just – Sorry, we talk about spoilers. Um, <laughs> that dude, when he was talking about how much it takes to fully become someone else and get rid of an identity and all that shit, I was like, that is so fucking exhausting. Oh, my God. You have to really have no one in your life to pull that off. Yeah. Like, that's just so to pull it off crazy successfully. to me. Yeah, to pull it yeah. off successfully. Like, it's just nuts. And so that's what – when you mentioned earlier about – the criminals, they commit crimes and they lay low and there's a manhunt, but they kind of give up and it becomes a cold case. Like when I think manhunt, I think like people who are eventually caught, but it was a wild ride to get there because that Greek Robin Hood guy is technically a manhunt story too, because he's yeah. still at large as well. And like, I mean, his story is fucking nuts too. But I know that you mentioned you want to talk about Ted Bundy, which is so fucking interesting. And I know you know you, – I feel like you remember more in detail about that than I do. Well, the thing – I just thought it was so wild because, you know, you'd always heard, like, Ted Bundy, he was a serial killer and, like, all this stuff. But it wasn't until, for me at least, until that uh, the Ted Bundy tapes came out on Netflix, which highly recommend. Holy oh, shit. Oh, yeah. The Ted Bundy tapes – Recommend. Kelly and I watched it together. I technically slept through part of it because I was so tired, but it was still really good. <laughs> we binged the whole thing in a day. Like, it was that, so good. It was impossible to put down. It was just, I mean, the whole story behind it is wild and it just kind of like, it's a, obviously it's a story about him and how fucking batshit crazy this guy is and how twisted in the head, but also it's like, it's, there's so much about. It's about the local police, police forces. Force. It's it's also really about the local police forces and how their pride was so up there. They refused to communicate with each other. Well, there was that going on. And then it was just straight up negligence where nobody looked in to see like, oh, has this happened in other places? You know, nobody looked into it. They're just like, this is an isolated incident. So they didn't piece together that he was a serial killer for years. Oh, yeah. You know, just because they're like this one isolated case happened. 
that's crazy. We're, I don't know why we can't find him. And it's like, if you had put together these breadcrumbs, he wasn't that smart. Like, he wasn't, nor was he hot. I can't no. stand when people say he's attractive. That dude was creepy looking. He was not attractive. No. He just caught people off guard. He also I'm sure he was lied. charming. He, well, I believe that he was charming. I don't believe that he was charming. What I do believe, he pretended to be other people. He would do things by pretending to be hurt. He would pretend to have his arm broken. He would pretend to be a police officer. He was never just himself being charming and cute and whatever. Well, that's girls. actually not true. Because um, after we watched the Ted Bundy tapes, I went and read a book. I forget what it's Oh my called. God, you read a book? Yeah, no. <laughs> I read this book. It was this woman who was, um, she worked with the police um, to find him because, and she also knew him. Like she worked with him. Uh, basically, it was just she had worked with him for years and they were dispatchers together. They would talk to people on the phone and keep them calm and get police to their houses and stuff. And it was like a part time thing that he did like consistently. So she knew him for years. They were friends. They were buddies. And she thought he was just this charming guy. She wanted to introduce him to her daughter. Like it, I genuinely believe, I don't think it has anything to do with him really being attractive. You know, it's just like something about somebody's personality can make you attracted. And I think that's kind of the situation the more that I looked into it. The fact that he was able to maintain relationships with his girlfriend and then he had that fucked up little like fan club and that one girl who was like obsessed with him even when he was on death row, had his baby and like all that stupid shit. But didn't he, did he escape prison or was it just the courthouse? He got out. He did both. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize he escaped prison. Yeah. No, he. Um, I only knew about the courthouse escape. Refresh my memory. But um, oh. he was in jail and he escaped because he like found a nook in the ceiling or in the vent or something. And he was able to get up there and crawl through it. And then he popped down into like the securities quarters but the security guard wasn't there. And so he was able to get out and oh, run away from prison. My God. He, yeah. I didn't that know was how, that. Yeah. And then, uh, but he got caught again. And that was the courthouse escape. That was when he jumped from the window and busted okay. his leg. So the first Wait, time. Am I, no, I'm mixing him up. The courthouse was first. Okay. Because, yeah, he jumped from the window, busted his leg up, and then he ran into the woods and he found like an abandoned cabin and stayed there for a really long time. How do you just find an abandoned cabin? Yeah. What? Like everybody, everybody what he was deity was on his up. side to be like, here's an abandoned cabin? Like, what? Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like straight out of a movie, this guy's shenanigans. And everybody thought he was trying to escape the city and try to get out of the state. So they set up blockades and all this stuff. And nobody thought like, oh, he's he's Still here. here. <laughs> well, well, the best place to hide is in plain sight. Exactly. He um, stole a car and was trying to get out. But when they stopped him at the blockade, they obviously knew who he was and they were able to get him again. So that's um, how and, they got him. Well, that's yeah. why you steal a car with four-wheel drive and drive through the woods. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. He After that was when he was actually in jail and he was able to sneak out, got out through the security quarters or whatever, and that's when he went down in Florida 
and killed those uh, college girls in their sorority house. I can't believe I didn't know that. So growing up, I knew who Ted Bundy was from my mom because she knew two of the girls in that sorority house. Ugh. Yeah, like my mom knows two of those girls. And she occasionally talked about it. I think it's part of why my mom was always so paranoid about me doing like anything. My mom didn't go to school in Florida. She went to school in Georgia, but she was like very involved in her sorority and their community and all their events and stuff. And she fucking knew two of those girls. And like, she didn't know the ones who died. She knew the ones who just were there. Yeah. And part of it. Who were traumatized for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know what? You know what's crazy is my mom, um, she didn't tell me this until much later because I was telling her, there's a new show that's out on Hulu. I haven't watched it yet that has Renee Zellweger in it, I think. And it's, it's that's a Ted name Bundy. I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Um, and it's a story about Ted Bundy, but it's like a reenactment mixed with uh, a documentary. And it's all from the women's point of view, like all the women that he's affected throughout the entire thing which oh, I'm interesting. really curious to see. Yeah, well, like there because was his that... wife has never done like a full-on interview ever until now. There was that recent movie with Zac Efron that mm-hmm. was from the point of view of his girlfriend. Yeah. I wasn't crazy about that movie. I wouldn't recommend that movie over the Ted Bundy tapes. Yeah, no, the Ted Bundy tapes is just su- such a well-rounded, it's well-done such documentary. a good docu-series. Like, I've seen a lot of docuseries, but that one was so good. Like It gives you so many details had, and all this shit that you didn't know. It really did. And you heard it from his own mouth. Yeah, which is haunting. Like, and hearing his voice talk about it. And the way he tries to dodge questions because he thinks he's so smart. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, you can talk to me and ask me all these things and you're not going to get anything out of me because I'm so smart and blah, blah, blah. I'll never admit to it, which he never technically does, but he says just enough. <laughs> okay, I know exactly what's going on. And the, also the other crazy interesting part about him is how he helped catch other serial killers. Like, I don't know if you remember that at all, but he I like, do. yeah, he would aid them in being like, well, if I, if this were me, this is what I would do. I think he thought he could get some sort of immunity for helping others. I think he was just a complete narcissist and was like, oh, look at me. I know so much and I'm so smart and all this. I think it's absolute narcissism. It's not about like, like maybe on some level he was hoping he'd get some leniency. But I think at that point when he started helping, because it was years later after he had like gotten his sentence he was like I'm gonna be trapped here yeah. and you know it was just kind of like look at me look how look smart, how smart and I am I can yeah, catch the guy that you can't because I have the mind it's exactly. this, it's some silence of the lambs shit mm-hmm. you know how Clarice goes to Hannibal's try to catch Buffalo Bill which to me is hysterical because I see it as someone going to Ted Bundy to catch Ed Gein crazy i mean obviously it works yeah. but it's just it's his whole story is Blech. just so wild Blech. yeah it um but i didn't realize that he escaped twice so the only thing my mom would tell me about ted bundy is he's a serial killer he traveled across the country being chased by police he went to florida killed uh two girls in a sorority house the same Brutally. sorority house my friends were in and then left 
That's all I ever knew about him growing up. Mm. And then when I got to high school, I met this girl in my theater class. And someone brought up Ted Bundy. And I was like, oh, my mom knew two of those sorority girls. Because that's all the information I fucking knew about him. And this girl in my class named Sarah was like, my mom was almost one of his victims. And I was like, what? What? (laughs) And apparently, when he was in Georgia at a gas station, he approached her mom and said that his car won't start and if there was any way she could help him. She kind of looked at him and got, like, confused as to why he would approach her. And then she thought, is this this guy's way of hitting on me? Like, what's, like... Why would he ask me for car help? All of a sudden, she just got this overwhelming, like, bad feeling that she couldn't explain. And she was just like, um, I don't know anything about cars, sorry. And just, like, walked back to her car and left. Yeah. And, like, Which, like she, ladies, trust your fucking instincts. Fucking trust it. She couldn't figure out what about him fell off. And literally two days later, he was on the news. For the sorority house and she saw him on the news and was like that's the fucking guy from the gas station holy shit like same clothes same look like it was the same guy and she and that was when he was on the run he was desperate that was when he was on the run he was still out looking to murder girls yeah and like he was like looking to get his last hurrah mm-hmm. in but i just remember her telling me that i felt chills i was like oh my god that's terrifying (laughs) yeah dude the world is so small i just can't yeah well see that's what i was about to tell you is my mom so she dated this guy um and obviously i'm from florida she's from florida um and he was uh working security at that college when it happened and she he took her like on a date he took her on a tour and like showed her the sorority house and stuff where all of it happened which is just well. I think your mom's a little younger than mine. Maybe. How, how old is your mom? Um, sixty-three, sixty-four. My mom's like sixty-seven. Yeah. Um. So. When did that happen? I'm sorry. I isn't the early '80s or late '70s. Ted Bundy sorority house. 1978. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom wasn't in college anymore, but she still had friends in college. So yeah. your mom would have. Yeah, she just college. dated the guy who was security. Your mom would have that been college. in college. Because my mom graduated high school in 1971. <gasps> oh, terrifying. <laughs> the whole thing is so spooky. Sometimes, and this is kind of conspiracy theory of me, but sometimes I'm scared that, like, there are still serial killers out there. We They're just so good now at covering it up and hiding them. I don't know. That we don't hear about him as much. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to be a lot more, I don't know, I mean, it's a lot harder to be a serial killer, I feel like, these days. Part of why I feel that way. It still happens, though. Part of what has led me to believe that is, like, years and years and years ago, and by years and years and years ago, I mean, like, 10 years ago when I was in high school, my dad was on a jury for a murder case. That was so local and so close to home that I was so shocked I hadn't heard about it. Yeah, you did talk about this. Yeah, and like it like freaked me out that I was like, why doesn't me? Why doesn't me and everyone else I know 
know about this. It's in my fucking backyard about a guy who killed someone, dismembered them, and spread their body parts all over the city. And they found the torso in a graveyard. Maybe they're better at covering shit up now. You the know, like maybe there is, is shit going on, but we just don't. The worst part is, is that's how I learned the word torso was from that case. Oh, no. My dad said torso, and I was like, what's torso? And he was like, it's that middle part of your body. And I was like, oh. Oh, that's that me for the rest of my life. No worries. So whenever I hear the word torso, I think of that case. I think of a tor- a dismembered torso in a graveyard. Well, that's fun. I won't. Be it was in Marietta. <laughs> it was in Marietta. Wow. We have friends who don't live too far away from that graveyard. Wow. Like the fuck. Part of why my dad was on the jury is because when the lawyers are the interview, they're interviewing, they're interviewing yeah. to see who they want on the juror. They were like, if someone committed murder, would you give them the death penalty or life in prison? And my dad said, I'd light his ass on fire. (laughs) (laughs) And they're just like, you, you're the one we want. Like, you, you're what we want. You would kill someone. (laughs) You would kill someone and not feel anything about it. (laughs) Right. Which, which, yes, is is my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I want to go back to the Ted Bundy thing. So Ted Bundy thing is he got caught because he would pretend to be a security officer and the girl escaped and was able to give a description in a car. And then he went to the courthouse, escaped through a third story or second story window? Uh, I think it was, I think it was second story, but it was And like then he still up. like broke his ankle or like injured himself, Yeah, no, right? he definitely injured himself. Like he was limping away, but he so, ran off. The crazy part about that too was also that like it, while he was in prison awaiting his court date, he like measured how high up his bunk bed was from the ground and practiced jumping down from his bunk bed to like get his legs used to the shock so that because he had planned it. He knew exactly what he was going to do. He would go into the library um, at the courthouse and like read up on law and stuff because he was his own lawyer and he was allowed to do that. Crazy idiot. He was fucking crazy and psycho. Yeah, he prepared his legs to jump down. And so So. then that's when he ran to the woods. He stole a car, ran to the woods, found an abandoned cabin. One of those vacation homes we talked about. Yeah. Still killed people. And then, he didn't kill people then. Oh, he, he didn't, didn't. I thought he did. No, he was laying low. He got out of the courthouse, went into the woods. He was there for like, I want to say nine days. And then he decided to try to make his escape. Um, wow, he's fucking impatient. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Wow. And then, uh, he stole a car and tried to get out, but he got met at the blockade. And uh, usually he was like a master of disguise, which I mean, if you look at the pictures, you're not, it's not wrong. Like no he changed like one aspect. Yeah. Whenever he changed one aspect of his face, he was a totally different person, which is super strange to me. But um, I saw a picture. I saw a thing where it was like nine different photos of him and how each one looked like a different person. He just had one of those faces. We did that thing where we went on for way too long. But I did want to talk about the Ted Bundy <laughs> thing because that is very interesting. A big catch me if you can moment. Yeah, it was like that. And like just the fact that he went unchecked for so long, even with multiple descriptions and he wasn't smart about covering his tracks. I mean, he had the same fucking car forever and they just 
never nailed it down or well not never but didn't nail it down for a very long time he was just so, arrogant arrogant and cocky beyond all belief it's just it's kind of he really he really thought he could just get away with anything he wasn't scared for a really long time and I was gonna say this earlier when you were saying his extreme level of narcissism is what led him to help catch other serial killers and just the fact that he wanted to flex his brain muscles and how he could know what they think about which Mm -hmm. unfortunately and makes me very upset reminds me of one of my (laughs) ex-boyfriends oh I know which one you're talking about I think like, I'm just so smart. I like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, buddy. I think I know who you're talking about. Buddy. You're not. Yeah. It's okay. Chill out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of wanted to say that because I thought it was like funny, but also like, wow, poor judgment on my part, but cool. <laughs> yeah, but you know, sometimes you got to take some time to figure that out. God, I just remember watching a documentary and being like, you shouldn't remind me of someone I've dated. This is really disturbing. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. Huh. Been there. Ugh. Wait, there's serial killers who remind you of people you've dated? Not serial killers, just like watching a TV show and realizing that bad people remind you of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. have you ever seen End of the Fucking World? I watched a couple episodes. Is it the girl or the boy? That's about the boy who wants to kill people and the girl who has too many emotions. Yeah. 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 If you if you watched it, you know exactly what I'm talking about, though. <laughs> I wish I did. Is it the boy or the girl? Are you talking about the boy? The boy. Yeah. I'll talk to you about this later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's in a conversation for another time. Anyways, thank you all for listening to our Catch Me If You Can episode. Uh, <laughs> we have a website, cotmpodcast.com. We're also on social media. Literally just Google Corn the Macabre. You can figure it out. I believe in you. You're so smart. You're so smart. <laughs> You're so smart. We believe in you so much. You're way smarter than Ted Bundy. He's an idiot. And he yep. just happened to uh, get lucky because the times that he lived in, people were fucking stupid. Yeah. They were dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. Mm-hmm. Any hoosies. Thank you all. Keep it creepy. Keep it creepy. Woo! Music by freestockmusic.com For blog posts showing visuals for each episode, you can find our blog at cotmpodcast.com. If you'd like to help support us and receive discounts and loyalty rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash macabre. We record every episode live Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash thetigerwizard. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast app or site, please let us know and we'll fix that. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates on episodes, blog posts, and special events. And don't forget, keep it creepy.